grain, all right? A, a, a grain, all right? It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on. Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Morning, lads. TJ, what's, what's the stuff we're doing TJ? Morning, what's guys. This like? Did you win something? Oh, you yeah, won the FA Cup. Another cup landed uh, for the season, Delo, yeah? Jeez, Even though you... does anyone watch the FA Cup anymore? When I was growing, when I was growing up, there was a great day on BBC One, Grandstand all day. Correct. Does anyone watch yeah. it even now? 110 we minutes of soccer, Delo, and no goal scored. Like It's incredible. Like I said, them Liverpool supporters... They, they, they put on a hat for anything at this stage. Like, failed to score a goal and still got the cup like. As James Milner said, never get bored with winning trophies, Marco. Never get bored. Oh, you're haunted. <laughs> Chelsea with a better um, team. How are you all? Um, Morandello. Uh, just a little thanks to our sponsors, Renault. Discover the stylish Renault Capture. Full LED, pure vision and C-shaped lights. An urban SUV that adapts to your needs. What do you think of that, Mark? I tell you, Dela, whatever you do, don't go into the voiceovers, right? There's, there's certain fellas out there now that are professionals at that, kid. So, is that how many takes is that this morning and after doing that now? Is that just the first time? It's <laughs> not, <laughs> lads. We're so grateful to Reno. Really appreciate your sponsorship. Um, great, great nope. to have you on board. We've got another man on board today. We're really going all in Leinster, lads, at the moment. <laughs> oh, bad enough having Hoagie now, but come here. We have a dove now as well. Uh, great. <laughs> Man that lifted the league, lifted Leinster. Uh, my my lieutenant on the field while I was up there. Johnny, how are you? Johnny McCaffrey, how's things, Johnny? All good, Dale. All good. Good to be here. Great to see you. You're looking good fresh, Johnny. Johnny. Are you still are you still hurling for the Sars? We are, yeah. We're actually still playing a bit for us, yeah. Six, five, six league games played. And uh, we've won four out of six, so we're happy enough. Good stuff. Lads, um, massive weekend to hurling, massive weekend to Leinster. Um, Huge shock, I suppose, really, with Westmead's result. Um, very disappointing for the Dubs, Johnny. We had, we had several bad days, the two of us together, but I thought Saturday evening was very, very disappointing. Um, massive game in Ennis yesterday. Jesus, you could you could eat atmosphere in Ennis yesterday. It was palpable. And then um, Cork and Watford were in a playoff game, and um, Cork won that, I think, down there in Watford. So... Um, Okay, we'll start with Cork, Mark. One, you have a big grin in your face. No, there, no, Graham, no, listen to me. We could have tossed the coin. We could have tossed the coin to see who would go through, like, you know? So, <laughs> I suppose... Do you want to start the way with Cork, yeah? Jesus, we could uh, be here yeah, for a we, while we, now, we, like, if we, we start go, the Cork, we, we, like... No, we go with Cork. 222-119, Mark, oh, you answered all the critics. Like, look, if I was a critic, you were certainly a critic anyway. Um, I think we just could go on what we saw. And it wasn't good enough. And there was a huge improvement yesterday. There was a huge application. You tackled. You made good changes on the line. Your your buddy, Shamey, lit it up, in fairness to him. Uh, you have a call for a long time down the middle. Uh, he in Waterford lads just didn't handle the pressure. We we were down there towards the night. I could smell pressure, I thought. Absolutely. They didn't handle it. They didn't handle it. You no, could sense they knew it was a big one. Yeah, that sh- that show. I never saw Dan as nervous in all my life. <clears throat> and any time we brought it up with him about the match on Sunday, just he, he was he was a bit speechless. Now I thought he was being a bit coy and he was holding the cards close to his chest. But I think there was a nervousness there. I think, you know, once the game came around, everybody started to realise 
one where after a massive year, they've been billed as the second best team in the country. I think Derek McGrath has been quoted as saying, whoever beats Waterford will win the All-Ireland. So I tell you now, um, I think that all that kind of fed into the narrative that Jesus says, if we get beaten at home in our own patch, it's out of our control. And that was a point that Kieran made a couple of weeks ago when, when, when Cork were beaten by Clare, is that they'd lost control of their own uh, right to be in the championship. Now they've won it back on merit, uh, going down into Welsh Park to get a great victory against the league champions, Waterford, and a team that had beaten Cork comprehensively. But you'll remember from Thursday night, Dale, I did say, and TJ and me sat at the league final, I said on, on three or four different occasions, Cork looked like they were coming to take on Waterford, and each time they got a goal to repel Cork's challenge. And on Sunday, thankfully, you know, I, I'd say the goal we conceded was a little bit sloppy, but and Patrick Collins' save before half time was huge as well. But other than that, I don't think we we really looked like conceding a goal. So I, I think look, a couple of the fundamental changes. Hannity, the centre-forward, was a huge one. Restored to his proper position. Luke Mead, I think, coming in in the middle of the field. I said to you earlier on this season that Luke Mead, hail, rain or snow, good, bad or indifferent, he'll always give you a 7 or an 8 out of 10. He's not a flashy player. He's just consistent. And again, the three young lads, thankfully they all produced it on the day. Mark Coleman, Darragh Fitzgibbon and Shane Kingston when he came in. But you can be adding now the likes of Sean O'Donoghue, Niall O'Leary, uh, and I suppose the real joker in the pack now is Alan Conley. Two goals yesterday, possibly could have got another, but like, hasn't he been really, really good? And you must give credit to the Cork Examiner and, and the live streaming because we've been watching him with BlackRock now for two or three years in the live stream. And remember I said to he he's the smartest kid I've seen in terms of being in the right place at the right time. He's very cool on the ball. And you know what? The way he stepped back to take the, the pass from Kingston, right? Now, I, I, I see Rafa Nadal doing one of those left-handed flicks. But I tell you, the flick from Kingston over to Conley, I thought his feet were brilliant to set himself up to hit to get the goal. Conley's a good lad, good player, and a great one for the future. The same as Kieran Joyce. Yeah, I really like Joyce, especially in the second half. He really settled into it and... and um... I suppose it has to be marked by by um we have to mark it. I know he'd be disappointed to be taken off of Patrick Hogan, the all time leading scorer oh. in, in the Hurland Championship. Uh, what a what a cock man, what a servant oh, to Hurland. Incredible. It, yeah, phenomenal to be fair, like you know. Um I think Johnny, I was involved. I think I don't know, Johnny, whether you were playing today. We played G below in Nolan Park in 2015, the league semi final. Yeah. How he got 22 points that day. Now, yeah. Jesus, get a I must have been gone, was I? You are, I, yeah. Your I know, you might have been gone from the sideline, but you certainly weren't gone in spirit, Dela, because like, you're still connected to the dubs. Because, Johnny, I don't know whether you listen to the show, but I tell you, I talk about Cork, Dela talks about Clare and Dublin, as if they're really <laughs> the same, to be honest with it. You know? He's, and he's really still pointing. And if the position became available, Johnny, again, I wouldn't rule him out now. Certainly not. No, no, certainly. I wouldn't either. Johnny's a top class coach as well. Like, <laughs> well, there you go. Now, the two of you joined, joined back, back at the helm. But Patrick Horgan, no magnificent, magnificent performance from Horgan in terms of getting the, the all time leading scorer. And his time isn't done again. I suppose 
that'll lead on to the next question, Dalo, as to whether he'll be getting staffing time or I know you, you remarked that earlier on in the year that maybe his position is coming off the bench. Look, I don't know. It, it's it's a catch twenty two with Hoggy, to be honest with us. He 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 was dropped a couple of years ago actually with Kieran and said his first stint and he bounced back brilliantly. So there'll be a bit of soul searching, I think, in Cork this week as to whether Patrick will start or not. Uh, next Sunday, Manny, Manny made a marked difference in it, Mark Dahl. Like Timo Manny was fulcrum out to the ball, laying off the ball. Different, wasn't it? Ah, yeah. Sure. Look, listen, look, you know, as a defender, what do you want from your forwards? When the ball goes down there, you don't want the ball coming out easy. Fellas, if they get the ball in their hand, take the score and stuff like that. But if it doesn't go to hand, you just want your forwards fighting for the ball and keeping it in there. You know, putting pressure on defenders that they can't clear the ball easy. And Tim O'Manley gave that. And as well as this now, if Tim happens to start, he now is an out ball for a long clearance because Cork played well at stages yesterday, but there was still a bit of tipping around in the backs. When I saw Mark Coleman on umpteen occasions looking up, didn't seem to have anybody to hit it to. Maybe the likes of the Tim Manny. I, I mentioned earlier on about the Harnady. Being an out ball, like if he wasn't going to be played centre forward, he might be an out ball at full forward. Now Tim O'Man, he looks like he could be that option going forward. Marco, question for you. Just let Rob him off, Downey. TJ. We'll we come back in after about 45 minutes. we we'll just let him yeah. off. <laughs> uh, Rob Downey in the full back line. Kieran Joyce at six. Luke Mead in the middle of the field. Seamus Harnady at centre forward. And Tim O'Man, coming on the forwards. How much credit are you taking for all of them? I've taken all of the credit, every one of them. And In fairness, it's you, you were on about all of them. Every one of them, every one of them. And I'm delighted for Patrick Collins as well in goals because there would have been a few people who shifted a bit of criticism. Um, but his save before half time was outstanding. So, you know, goals is a lonely place for anybody. But I'm just, look. We just need to find a full-back and a centre-back and just flip-flopping between players and stuff. Just put them in there and leave them in there. And you see Conor Cleary from Clare now. You know, you went with him a couple of years ago and now he's become a real warrior at full-back. The same as Prunty as well, to be fair. Like, you know? So it's a difficult place to play. Paul Murphy was one of the most outstanding cornerbacks. Kilkenny put him in full-back. He couldn't solve the problem. So... Like JJ Delaney came from wing back back into full back and he made the position his own and he was a brilliant halfback. So I, I think, you know, the Down, Downey has all the skills and I've always made this point. People say he's slow. He's not slow. He's a huge man. He's just covering a lot of ground because he's got a huge stride. But I suppose. Yeah. Marco, I was, I was going to say the other thing is I only saw uh, the second half of the game on the phone. I was in the stand in Cusack Park and I, I see Raf was crediting the Wi Fi in Ennis. Uh, so saw you going in. So I saw you going in, TJ. You were going to the posh the, seats again, I said. I was. I was. The four G was working fine. Is there a shift? I said last week in Tipperary going towards a more straightforward, simplistic game plan, and is something similar in play here for Cork? In the sense that it was like, Mac, your man, win your own ball. Like obviously there was their own little intricacies in the game plan, but it's definitely shifting towards more simplistic and in fairness to Clare yesterday as well in Limerick like the puck outs were going long as much as possible it was up to lads to win their own ball and then you had the movement but it felt that way on the phone Marco yeah look I I, I, I would feel that 
there was a huge amount of analysis being done in Cork. Um, the defenders coming over the ball, looking up, and if they didn't have a 100% shot on to the forward, they didn't. They went backwards, they went sideways. Now it was a case of let the ball into the forwards. We have men that wanted, like I me, mean, Conley. Connolly's tackle count lads must be must be very very high. His physicality and Dale, you picked up on it that he 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 has put on a lot of muscle since the, the club season and stuff like that. So I I think TJ, you're right. Uh, don't confuse them. They're all good hurlers. Every one of those lads are committed. They're dedicated. They're good hurlers. They're good stick men. Um, it just needs to come together for 70 minutes. Everybody playing for the jersey and playing for the cause. And I think whatever has happened between, there obviously some shift between the Clare game and yesterday because the attitude that the lads brought was fantastic. Now, they stuttered early on, I would say, and Connolly's goal was huge in terms of settling the nerves. But from then on, it was tit for tat. In fact, I think we went in a point up at half time when we were six points to two down early on, I think was great. After the fact that Cock decided to play with the breeze, meant that they were, their backs were to the wall. They needed to stay in the game for as long as they did. And TJ, what happened coming down the stretch is that Waterford got fierce nervous. I mean, Stephen Bennett missed freeze. Ozzy missed freeze. Fellas that, you know, here to four have been excellent with their freeze. So that, that just shows you the pressure that's on amateur players at home. Always made that point that they still have a job to go to, to today, you know, they're good guys, every one of them, but it does. There's a lot of pressure on fellas. And um, I just look from a Cork point of view to be still in the championship is the big thing because, like, if Cork were beaten yesterday, they would be skin and hair flying, I would suspect. Like, so let's hope yeah. that they can do, they can put a performance back to back now. That's the thing. And, and like, Tip hadn't gone out of this championship, lads. That's the funny thing. And everybody yeah. was yeah. saying, if Cork get through, it could be a dead rubber. It's not a dead rubber game. So, the you know, you you have to have be on red alert now for the rest of the week to come with the same attitude again next Sunday. And Johnny, um, I presume you saw it like in Liam Cahill, you know, I quotes this morning that they were like a car on dirty petrol. Um, just, I know Austin got three points from play. I think Patrick Curran got two from play. Um, they just didn't function. Like, I mean, like the narrative... Let's say six weeks ago, there's going to be a Limerick Waterford final, no matter what happened, and probably meet three times. And it's just gone off. The, it's very hard to know from the day of the league final to now what has gone wrong for them. Did they put too much store in the league? And it was an unusual league, as normally you'd win the league, you'd have five weeks, six weeks. Um, they stuttered past Tipperary in the first rounds. I mean, Claire blitz Tipperary. It's just. It has come off the rails for them. It's hard, hard to put your finger on it, Johnny. It is. And and I was only thinking about it last night myself. If you look at the teams that went well in the league, Waterford, Cork, um, Dublin at the, at the start, Wexford, and look at them now. You know, it, it, they're, they're looking like they're stretching along. They're, they're, I don't know, they're burnt out. Um, like the teams that are going well now, Limerick, Clare, you know, Galway are, 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 are there, thereabouts. Kenny, obviously, they're always going to be there, thereabouts anyway. But, you know, everyone during the league was saying, are Limerick finished? Is this them gone? Um, and, and look what they've done the championship so far. Their, their performances have been back to where they should be and what, what, what we expected. So I don't know that Waterford and, and maybe Dublin to a lesser extent put too much emphasis on the league. Um, winning the league was, was fantastic with Waterford, but I don't know, has it 
has it helped them with the way the championship is so close to the league now in that they're not as if there was a, a six or eight week gap where you could come down off the high you know go through a bit of a lull and then get yourself built back up to, to ready to go again for championship there was no time for that it was on a high you were you were straight back into championship training the next week because you were playing in two weeks time um and i think that has affected them because i certainly during the league and and, and even when they played limerick a couple of weeks ago you'd say uh waterford are the second best team and they're, they're the team that's going to beat limerick or are going to challenge limerick and now you're saying they're a good bit off again so um i i am questioning has the league form or league success starting to to affect them in a way and and can they recover now i'm not so sure mm. and tj can you put your finger like him i mean austin was the best of them and then he still gets two yellows and we can talk about the two yellows in both matches in a while because there's a feeling out there there's a lot of players antagonizing players as well off the ball and trying to get them to react and obviously austin track record for reacting but he was hurling well, but outside of that, even defensively, they weren't, you know, they didn't look solid. Tyg de Burke has not been featuring like we thought he was back to his very best. Was he quite back to his very best? I, I think on championship form, you wouldn't say that. Um, Prunty playing kind of from behind, has not shown the confidence last year at all. You know, just central things, Jamie Barron, was he back right? He didn't look like it yesterday, he didn't get on the play. And then again up front, you know, Stephen Bennett not functioning as a scoring from play forward in the championship. So a lot of the stuff Desi held scoreless by my Cork player of the year, Sean, I don't know who, what a defender this guy is, lads. He didn't get half enough credit. Held Desi scoreless again yesterday. Desi had a hand in the goal, to be fair to him. But just so much of what we thought was kind of nailed on, like it was it was money in the wallet, TJ, has come out of the wallet. Yeah, and, and hands up, Dillo, I was one of the ones who thought that Waterford were best positioned. I, I thought Waterford were impressive against Limerick for long stages. I thought they had missed a couple of scores, and I was the one who said that, you know, that, that they would beat Cork at home. I, I, I just didn't see the result coming, uh, so kudos to Cork. Um, and I don't know the answer. Like, uh, the first half, you know, they conceded a goal, and then they had kind of worked themselves back into a nice position again, 110 to 1-6. And then for whatever reason, whether it was a Cork kind of, drive before half time and then like literally after half time they just couldn't seem to get to grips with it at all it was like as if people were waiting for this wave or this intensity from Waterford and it didn't happen I don't know maybe as I said even Cahill's call during the week trying to get people out there uh, maybe just some narrative that you had mentioned before do Waterford play as well in Walsh Park as they might do in Torres or maybe somewhere, somewhere else right um, but for whatever reason they couldn't get going and then they were forcing it and some of the stuff that they had been doing very well and their passing and stuff didn't work as well and coming out of defence and <clears throat> look, Cork winning 50-50 balls and stuff. It was like as if it was a surprise to them. You know, some of the scores Cork got before halftime. We saw him last night on TV. Like, Darif is giving win the puck out. Was the that, was that, was that the turning point up, TJ? Can I just cut you? Like, Darif is giving up for that ball. Like, you know, he hasn't been doing that this year. Nope. No. The hand was to be taken off. It was taken off, but he came down with it. Drove forward, did the Tony Kelly tap off the ground and over. That was an inspirational score, like followed quickly by a Harnady similar one. And I thought that was the crucial few minutes. 
I, I tell you, you could be right, Taylor. Like they, they definitely sowed the seeds in that period of the game. And like going into halftime, I'm sure the cock dressing room at halftime would have been buoyed up to say, you know what, lads, we have these boys on the rack. Their game plan is struggling. Their puck outs aren't working short or long. Like to kill the two of them. For the hand to kill the one short and then for Fitzgibbon to win the one long. It was, it was huge confidence in their own game plan. And they were tight all over the field and, and their game plan was working. So that gave them the belief and they just built on that and kept chipping away at the scoreboard. And I just felt water for were forcing it there in the second half and yeah I, I think the sending off was maybe unfortunate like from Austin's point of view I think we all know well I certainly know that when you're on a yellow you have to be careful right I think a lot of the days I played certainly in the backstay I was unfortunate enough to get a yellow and then once you get the yellow you now have to know that you cannot step out of line Marco at all at all right and you could say today that it might be harsh that Downey might have started or whatever but he's got like in that case, when you're on yellow, you've got to do nothing and just let him there and just take it on the chin. So it's, it's, it's unfortunate. What we saw on TV last night, he didn't do a whole lot wrong, has he? Like, they kind of just grappled. Maybe down he started up two, two yellows, and I said unfortunate. But I, I think the way they were playing at the time, Dela, I'm not sure they would have dug it out. Like, Cork looked like they were just in the zone. Um, they just seemed to have more to play. And I suppose the key thing was their big players were playing well around the field and none better than Shami Harnady. And I know we have listened to the, the, the Shami Harnady fan club from, from Marco for a long time now. And you know what? Even I was at the league final and myself and Marco were saying, like, Cork were struggling on the puck outs and even we were in the stand kind of saying, well, would you not just put Shami Harnady into 14 or 11 for a little while and chance him with a few balls? And they didn't do it at that time. So eventually Mark has got through to somebody there. They are listening. And it definitely worked yesterday. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of managers listening to the podcast at the moment um, with some of the comments oh. there yesterday. Even. Um, oh. But Johnny, yeah. we, we've been calling there for um, maybe Cork to go back to more direct. Look, at Hurland has been consumed with game plans <laughs> and the, the, the genius that is Paul Kinnerk, I suppose, and people have been fascinated and still an awful lot of basics in Hurland, though, isn't there? Like, defend well, challenge for everything. You know, like... That's what we were just asking. Like, I showed a couple of clips of Cork before the match yesterday. And I mean, like, tag rugby was more physical than what they were at against Clare. Like, being honest. And they <clears> just <throat> turned around yesterday. They tackled, they hunted. I saw Lee Han getting in a, a hook, followed by a block by Robbie O'Flynn. Stuff that wasn't going on all year. Luke Mead, Max says, we all know what Luke Mead brings and he brings that. But Johnny, it, there's a marriage somewhere in between, isn't there? But there is, yeah. And, yeah, and like, in fairness to Hardy, like, Harney was angry, like he was, he, he, something was up with him that obviously he listened to people outside giving out that Cork weren't going well and, and that, but he, there was, there was a bull between the horns, he was just going, I'm going to do whatever I have to do today to win and um, it, that aggression, everyone fed off that and, and, and the rest of the team seen that and then Waterford on the other side stood off, it was as if they were waiting for something to happen, as if they were like half cooked coming into the game that not that they think they were going to win the game easily, but it was uh, there was definitely they were they were ninety five ninety percent, whereas Cork were 110 percent, and the difference was massive. And Cork at the end of the day are I think are a fantastic hurling team and are well able to hurl. And if they showed yesterday that they have the intensity levels and the aggression levels to match, well then they're going to be very hard to beat. At the end of the day, they're in our final last year. They beat Kenny in the in the Ireland semi final. They're not a million miles away. You know they, they've they've shown obviously the first two games how bad they can be, but then they showed yesterday and, and bits in league how good they can be. They'll be looking at yesterday going, boy, that's the template. Obviously, they need a bit, of, a bit of luck from next Sunday onwards. But if they get through, 
not many teams would want to play them if, if they if they show the, the aggression they had yesterday because we all know they have the hurling, they have the stickmen, they have the pace uh, to run at teams, to pl- play the running game. Um, and, they, and obviously they have the out ball inherently if they need to go long at times uh, and, and, and he can well able to, to, to mix it up with anybody. So they're starting to get that balance and I'd say from a core point of view, they're hoping that it's not, it's not too late now that they haven't found it uh, when, when the season's nearly over. Yeah, well, the situation is... You'd have to, in fairness now, wasn't it a massive call to take Hoggy off five minutes into the second half? Like, in fairness, you have to give credit now to the selectors for that decision because he has been a fantastic talentsman for Cork. Um, yeah. And the other thing I want to say is that um, from what I can gather, the, the fourth official on the sideline yesterday for both sets of management antagonised both managements yesterday and led to Kim Kingston being yellow-carded. Now, I think TJ in your day... If you went into the referee's notebook and you were on the sideline, you would be spending some time in there. You'd be spending the rest of the game. But the rule has changed. I got that checked out, right? So if you get a yellow as a part of the management, you're only booked. You actually don't have to go off the field. It is if you get a red that you have to go off the field. So that was something new that we discovered just today. But I want to make the point on behalf of both managements that both managements had their year on the line yesterday. Even though nothing will be decided till next Sunday, but for Cahill and Bevins and we say Kieran and, and Pat Mullen, his selectors, everything was on the line. So there's going to be excitement on the line. But I think from what I can gather, the fourth official antagonised both sets of management yesterday, and which led to, to Kieran being being branded a yellow. Which, you know, you know, I, I like. I'd love to see the the fourth official doing the Dickie Murphy on it, like you know. Come over, listen, Liam, would you can down a small bit there now? Look, let your boys go way down there to your section and key on the same job. But from what I can gather, there was a lot of shenanigans on the sideline yesterday. And don't they know know where they're supposed to sit or stand like? They do, they do. But I think from what I can gather, like the management, like Bivens wanted to come out to Cahill to talk to him, to discuss something. Pat Mulcahy wanted to come out to Kim Kingston. And they were being told to go back. You can't go there. You can't go there. And that was starting to antagonise the, the coaches and the management. And to be fair, Dale, you've been on the sideline. And you, you know when you're watching that game and, and the lads want to feed you some bit of information, you need to get that information. And they're being stopped. And that is... You could like, go back to them, the GF got go to look to at them. that. You, you could go back to them. They'd call you and you'd go yeah. back to them. Talk to yeah. them. And it was different. Yeah. I didn't wear four now with me. I'd hedge up. That was it. I don't know. Was that a help or a hindrance? But I'd, I'd hedge up. <laughs> it's good yeah. fun anyway. Sure. <laughs> but no, I, yeah, but I think we need the more foreigner back. Like I think that's very clear. I mean, unfortunately, the Limerick management or management no longer. I know have the medics mic'd up on the field as well. Like so, that's going to be a bit of fact going forward. Who, who's getting credit for busting that? Yeah, like I, I was only thinking of it yesterday. Like I was laughing at John like in his comments afterwards because. Like, Limerick produced the whiteboard last year in the COVID scenario when it was clearly stated from the GA it's a water break, it's not a coaching break. They, they totally flaunted with the rules and now he's given out about that so, some pundits. I don't know who these pundits are, Dale. Is it you? Is it... Is it I don't know. Shame who it is. is it us? Shame is it us? TJ, have you any insight to that? 
No, the only thing I'm going to um, <clears throat> look for today is maybe for the GA to consider going forward to avoid confusion is a bit like the American football is that in the stadium that maybe the referee or the fourth official that are hooked up to the, the tannoy and that we hear what the foul or the infringement is for or what the card is for or the red card is for. So in the case of, let's say, when Anthony Daly was playing with Claire, he would go, Claire, defence, number seven, uh, late pull again, right? <laughs> Yellow card. <laughs> <laughs> so at least, <laughs> interference. At least in interference, Limerick number ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, ju- I just think that in the case of Kieran Kingston and in the case of what's going on on the pitch, I think I think you would actually get the referees, the linesmen, and the umpires to up their game. And we'll talk about Ennis in a while because there is some confusion that I actually still don't even know the answer to. But in relation to uh, maybe. You said there with the pressure on the line yesterday. Certainly for Cal, I'd say as the game was going on and he probably felt it slipping. And then maybe Absolutely. when Kingston Kingston was the opposite and he felt that it was coming. Like so the emotion is going to be there, like and you're looking to drive things on. And do you know what? It's a natural instinct on the line. Certainly I've been that soldier and you're trying to drive it on and when you feel it and you want that kind of momentum to keep going with you. And the opposite then for Liam Cahill is that when it's not there and you're trying to get something out of a fella to get a tackle in, to get that turnover in, to get that turning point. So I, 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 I've lived all those pieces on the sideline and I understand what it's like. And I understand what it's like to have a fourth official on your ass. Breathing down your neck, yeah. <laughs> so TJ, can I, can I ask you a question now? Is this your first uh, admittance that you'd like to start using a bit of technology during the games? Well, that wouldn't necessarily be technology, Marco. That's just basically uh, communication. It would be a step. It would be a step in the right direction if you're going to start using the facilities well, that are there. So again, I'm they, calling they, they, for v, I'm calling for the television monitor to be used. It, it on the one or two incidents during the course of the game that the referee gets a chance to take his 40 seconds shoot it upstairs and say, lads, would you take a look at that for me, please? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it have saved an awful lot of time yesterday for Cullum Lines running into the umpires for a chat I, and then running back out? Like? Do you know what, Marco? I don't know. I, th- I think there's so many grey areas around the tackle and actually did Gerard Hegarty swing? Did he not swing? Was it a yellow? Was it not? Like, you'll have different opinions. I'm not sure VAR would fix that. The piece, what I'm saying is that all these referees and fourth official, they're all mic'd up already. If we could I hear like the that. conversation. What, what's, like what's wrong with hearing the what's wrong with hearing the conversation yesterday? Did the linesman see it? We don't know whether the linesman saw it or not. We don't know whether the umpire saw it or not. Colin went to his ear. Who was he talking to? Yeah, but he was definitely went we, to his ear, TJ, for what twenty seconds? Twenty seconds. He was talking to somebody. He was. Yeah. So yeah. If, if we, but if we know if we know what the conversation is, it just takes the grey area out of it, and we'll come to an incident with Gerard Hegarty's first yellow in a while, which I will explain. But in in relation to yesterday on the line, like I I did think I did see Kieran Kingston getting the yellow card, and and that do you know what that's actually new to me. I thought that, and he had to go. To, did he have to go to the stand for a period, or did he need to go to the stand at all? No, he didn't need to. Go. He, look, he didn't, he didn't need, need to, to go, go at again. all. But I'd say as 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 as, as I said a while ago. I'd say he probably thought the minute he was booked by the referee, he probably had to go. But the, the new rule has come in. It's only a yellow card. That's a warning for you. It's if you get a red card, like Tommy Dunn got, where you have to go. We are removed from the pitch. I'd say maybe Noel Furlong and, and Pat and The Rock and those said to him, come up and sit down for five minutes and relax yourself. Maybe. You know, because he was getting, you know, and you can lose your train of thought too if you get too involved, like. Yeah, definitely. But it was great yeah. to see that passion coming out of Keon yesterday on the sideline as well. 
Yeah, I don't think he ever lacked that though, to be fair to him. I think he was yeah. always, you know, playing every ball. But look, I think the players responded. That's what was needed. Players have to do it as well. I think Liam Cahill was alluding to that with Dirty Petrol as well. Like, you go across that white line, the manager can do so much. You know, I was lucky to have Gerald Nan as a manager, Lingain or Great Min. You to cross the line down, bloody well do it. Do you know? And I think yeah. the, yeah. the Cork players have finally. Do you know, I don't think Brian Lohan has a magic wand in Clare either for the way we're going at the moment. The players are standing yeah. up and yeah. delivering for him. Yeah, yeah. Dale, what, what did you think of um, the one player through the National League who was brilliant for Waterford was Daryl Lyons in the middle of the field? Mm. I found it strange that he didn't start on Sunday for me. Yeah, I suppose it, and Neil so I, Montgomery. I did too, yeah. yeah. I did too, yeah. So the two fellas... I, I thought two genuine players, and I, I've often made this point about, you know, the psychology of the team that's picked and the players around you and saying, Jesus, he should be playing, he should be playing. I thought both Montgomery and, in particular, Darrell Lyons should have started for Waterford. I should, thought they should have been facilitated, maybe. I know, I know Carrick, Carrick um, Daly was very good in the league and so forth, but he was taken off in the last championship match. I just would have thought maybe Caleb Lyons going back wing-back and Dara Lyons in the middle of the field with Jamie Barron, to me, might have been a better fit. But I, I was, I'm just saying, I thought Dara Lyons was very harsh that he wasn't started, I thought, and, and yesterday, you know? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I thought he, he was one of the players of the league, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I suppose that's Liam's job to decide on his formation. Callum Lyons, good good player, no matter where you play him. And he would he would have played well wing back too, there's no doubt about that. Um, the situation is, lads, I think we'll have a quick look at, at Leinster now because the big one was obviously, I take it you were in Parnell, Johnny? I didn't actually get to it now, but I did see it, all right. Okay, great stuff. It was, like, seemed to be an unbelievable atmosphere, 9,000 there. Uh, do you know what a great, that great rock-up crowd and Donny Kearney and, and uh, Jesus, I was at the league game, Johnny, um, when it was probably turned around, Kilkenny's league and, and turned it down for Dublin's and it was so similar to the league game that I'd be so disappointed um, being a Dublin supporter, I know they don't have many great days, but you know you would have expected progress. But it is just um, hard to put your finger on where things are at. Probably will qualify, looking like it anyway. That that mm. you couldn't see Wexford and current form going in and beating Kilkenny, so no. probably will qualify. But it was double scores. It was a hard evening to take. It was, yeah, and, and I suppose even even last week talking to a few fellas before the game, I had the opinion that I didn't think we we're going to win. And us at home against anybody, we'd always fancy our chances in Parnell Park. But I just think this team, it doesn't suit uh, this current Dublin team to actually play in the small, confined Parnell Park. I think they they actually revel in the open spaces of a Crow Park or Turles. Like they've bet tipped twice in Turles in the last two years, which we always struggle to do down through the years. And they've won a couple of big games in Crow Park, but Galway last year in Crow Park, uh, obviously in, in a big open pitch. Now, they, they bet, or sorry, drew at Waterford in the first league game this year. And 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 Waterford obviously went on in the league and Dublin were brilliant that day and you'd say right that was in Parnell Park but I think it didn't show yesterday again with Waterford playing in Walsh Park in a tight confined area they're not they're rather the open spaces of of, of a big Turles or, or a Crow Park as well and I don't think it suits Dublin now that's still no excuse for going out and losing by the score that we did lose to it on the other hand Kenny love that tight environment at the end of the day they're going to work their socks off no matter who they play um. They have to be the hardest working team in, in, in the country since Cody's obviously taken over. They're, they're never bet on work rate or intensity or wanting to win. Always, always there. And, and Dublin had to match that before they did anything else, before they started to hurl. 
and 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 we didn't. You know, the first half was was Tifford Hat in a way it was okay. The second half, then, um, and like Kilkenny didn't do anything which we knew. They're never going to do anything spectacular. They're never going to have sweepers or short play or different fellas doing this. They just went long with puckouts and 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 one breaking ball, won the dirty ball, had more men tackling, had more intensity. Uh, and wanted it more. Like that's that's the hard thing to take from Dublin point of view is that they wanted it more. Like then they say it was a full house in Parnell Park. We don't get a full house too often in Parnell Park. It's a fantastic atmosphere when it is like that. It's a great place to play. Um, so it, it was very very disappointing um, to lose in the manner that we did. As I said before the game, I wasn't expecting us to maybe probably win the game, but I definitely didn't think the the, the, the margin would have been as big as it was. Like even as I said. With, with Murphy going along for most of the puckers, the second half especially, like Chris Cumbie was playing midfield, obviously, mate of mine, and, and, and he's a fantastic hurler. I would have had him in the half-back line there. Like, he's playing midfield at the moment, he's doing okay, he's doing well. But in the half-back line there, if Murphy was looking up and he was seeing this big, tall, gangly fella anywhere in the half-back line uh, who can win his own puck out and, and brush aside anybody who's there, he would have, maybe would have think twice of where am I going to go with this puck out now because he's winning two or three of that. We didn't have any of that. We didn't. We won no ball in the air at all. Um, and 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 the halfback line that's there at the moment are athletic. They're fast, and which is the, the type of team with Dublin are at the moment. But with the, with the way the game was going and the way that Murphy was going with his puckouts, we would have said plunk Chris back there, play him anywhere across halfback line, and make Murphy think twice of, of where he was going. Um, but it, yeah, it, it, it very very disappointing. And the thing, Johnny, for me. And this, I suppose, you could, the stats will back it up. Like, is the, the depth in the panel is not there? Like, I mean, the same fifteen or nearly day in day out, and and it doesn't seem to be five good subs. Like, which can you know, none of them can seem to change the game. Charlie are obviously you know probably nearing the end of his career, but like, always could turn a game. You're still gambling with him. Mark Shute probably was a sub nine years ago. Is Featuring again Saturday night, like I'm not, you know, they're great servants to Dublin hurling now. It's it's the it's other guys like I, I'm gone out of the scene obviously good while, um. But why what could you put your finger on why there's not more lads of that level appearing? Yeah, I, like I suppose it, we won the Leinster twenties, so it was two years ago maybe, or maybe won it last year, but it was a twenty twenty championship, and I don't think any of them lads have really filtered through. Um, the Beck Galway that night I think in, in in the Leinster final and. Yeah. No, like Lee Gannon was a fantastic hurler that day, and he's now playing senior football. And he was wing forward, he might have been man of the match in the final. Uh, so there's another one that you've lost, let's say, that to football yeah. that was a fantastic hurler. Um, I know Endo Donald Owen, the brother, uh, uh, was wing back that night, good hurler as well. He had done his hips, so he's gone, he, he's out for the next while, or whatever. But there's been no one else that has broke through. And I suppose this is Maddie's fourth year now, and you could see it from early on in the year that he was. During the Walsh Cup and during the, most of the league games, it was the same 15 or same 17 we were playing every night of the week. Um, and he was sort of saying, no, this is my settled 15. This is who I know is my best 15. We're, we're going with these. And it's sort of back and forth now because if, if some of them lads are not playing well, as you say, the strength and depth in the, in the panel is not there. And uh, I think maybe he's seen that maybe since the start of the year and going, well, I'm sort of throwing all my eggs into the basket that my first 17 or 18 are going to get me over the line, um, which we know is never going to work in today's game with the amount of games that come ticking fast. Um, so, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's a thing that it's, it's Maddie's last year. Well, we presume maybe it is. 
and that he's not looking to develop lads for two or three years and then I'm looking for lads right here right now um and and yeah we're, we're sort of maybe paying the price right now like hmm. yeah it's disappointing I suppose you'd only look Mark at the scores like Connor Burke and Donald Burke got two points each in play like but here's Kilkenny like Adrian Mullen five Mossy Keown two one TJ one two Keen Kenny four points and he seemed to be out of favour um after having a great league as well, like so, they haven't gone away. But like, they? Yeah, but like, even I would say today, like, Keen Kenny is a midfielder, he ended up playing Connor forward. Parig mm. Welsh is a defender, he's centre forward. Paddy Deegan is the not centre back. Richie Reid went in centre back on Saturday. Like, like, whatever Cody does, like, he's just a master of being able to pull fellas and get them to play for that jersey. It's incredible. I think Mullen. Mullen played uh, midfield two games ago, got five points. When in-wing forward was taken off the last, uh, I think he went back out more, more in that position on, um, on Saturday night. And I think he likes a bit of space. My God, he is some striker off his left-hand side. He has the accuracy. Like, Tony Kelly is brilliant off his left, um, Dela. But Disfile is a, is a real good shooter as well off his left-hand side. But Kilkenny are going to be hard to beat, whatever way you look at it. Uh, the physicality that they bring to every challenge is ferocious and in Massey Keown on the edge of the house like a goal the last day two on, on Saturday night again like some fellas just have a habit of being in the right place at the right time and there's nothing flashy about them there's just good honest hard play and when the opportunity arises they're able to take them I was taken by Kenny early on and he reminded us more a bit of Joe when he was playing at his best flashed out to the ball first touch brilliant without even looking knew where the pegs were over the bar. And the first one he scored was incredible. But the flash four of them over the course of the game, and he got three of them early in the game when the game was in the melting pot. That's obviously a great sign of a young player as well. So, you know, it's nice to see the examiner of a nice picture of Cody today taking a selfie with a Kilkenny supporter. I must say, obviously, in the space of the week, he's obviously reflected on what happened in Galway last week and probably said to himself, look, it's only a game. Landers and the boys in the podcast are probably right. There's more to life. And he settled down he's, after a victory and was standing in for four of us now. Maybe there's a couple of them listening to us. I don't know about Cody. Oh, God, yeah. <clears throat> You'd never um, know. You'd never know, Dela. From what I can gather, there's a few managers around the country. TJ certainly has the hotline to a few of them. They're listening all right, it's that. Everyone listens to Marco at the moment. Um, Johnny and Delo, I was going, I, I was, first of all, Kilkenny are nearly the opposite to Dublin, which said, you know, Dublin had a settled 15 nearly all the way through, right? But mm-hmm. Cody's doing at the moment. Like, I, I, I had the challenge early on Saturday evening, Delo, of trying to watch the extra time in the penalties to see Jorgen complete the set and lift the FA Cup. And, and the, <laughs> the, the match had started at seven o'clock. And then I was obviously the challenge of trying to make out the Kilkenny team and where everybody was playing, right? So it looked like that Richie Reid had gone into centre-back and that, let's say, Pai Deegan had gone to seven. And then there's another midfield partnership in Adrian Mullen and Alan Murphy. It looked like TJ started at centre-forward and Padraig started at 12. And then with Massey Keown, King Kenny, on the inside. That's the way we were kind of trying to make it out, watching it. But Wally gone at half-time. Billy Ryan didn't start after coming on and playing well the last day. <clears throat> Connor Fogarty, David Blanchfield as well having a good, good league and not coming, playing well the last time when he came on doesn't come on to 67 minutes so it's just hard to make out that whole makeup of that Kilkenny team but the key question I was going to ask you is obviously Dale 
you had taken the credit yourself and Johnny for kind of breaking that mindset around that what Kilkenny brought for Dublin there for years and just trying to get over that and kind of not have a mental block when it came to him. It looks like as if it's nearly back, as in that Kilkenny nearly have him in trouble before the game even starts. And and, and that, that's what you feel from the outside now. We, we, myself and Johnny suffered a good bit to him as well, I tell you. It was, just, it was nice to get one over. Well, we got a league final over as well, but it was nice to get that replay victory as well. I think it's probably Dublin's only victory in long, long time against them. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what he did like. They didn't win in Galway, I suppose. I'd say the mystique is not not anything like what it used to be. But you're right. Like, I mean, missing Hugh Lawler, Conor Delaney went in. Good solid job on running Hayes. Running Hayes lacks support, Johnny. Fair to say, mm. he's up there. There's very little support. Like he, he, he either has to win it and turn his man and win a free, or there's very little coming off him in terms of running at him and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he, he is, and I suppose Fergal Whiteley, who's been good, good enough all year for Dublin, has been sort of drifting out in the fourth half forward, and Hayes has been in there with either uh, Mellis or. Charlie's played a bit in there, but yeah, it, it's generally only two. He, he, he only plays the two in there. And, um, most teams know now that that's what Dublin want to do. They want to get it to the half-back line and, and get a diagonal ball into Hayes. And, and uh, if, they, if they stop that, Ronan's not going to win the ball unless it's it's put into, a, into into an area for him, you know. And he is lacking support. And I suppose our half-forward line play quite deep, like Donald and, and, and Danny. Would like to play in around midfield area, you know, and 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 get them to support. And it's probably is is not what they're doing enough. Um, but going back to DJ's point about the mystique of Kenny, like they definitely don't have the, uh, let's say the aura of what they had, let's say ten years ago. But uh, there's definitely, uh, I suppose, uh, that that willingness, that aggression hasn't gone, and 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 it's we're starting to see it even more and more now that. They're coming under pressure in Kilkenny, let's say, that they're not as good as they were. And and they're not, but they're making sure they're making up for it with, with their, their work rate, their lads that they have there that are coming in. Like I said, there was three or four changes that nobody's seen coming because Cody never does, let's say, a dummy team. He always has his 1 to 15, always start, and they only always start in the same positions that they're named. But they have three or four changes like that. Uh, I don't know whether whether true Dublin probably did because you would have said Friday night when you seen the team, the six forwards that Kilkenny had. Look, look very, very potent, and you'd say, "Wow, that's a fantastic forward line." And then they changed two of them, and the two of them that came in uh, were, were nearly match winners. You know, so uh, it is. There's not many teams can do that. Uh, that that can spring two not not, not newish fellas clones around a while, um, but to come in and make that impact that they did um, was 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 tough for Dublin to, to 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 handle. I suppose they were they were too hot to handle and. Um, but it it is at this, at this point from Dublin point of view because you're looking at it now going, you know, we've uh, go down to Galway next week and listen at the end of the day we can still go down to Galway and beat Galway which is it's not unheard of but it's a very very uphill task. But even if, if they don't win and and Kenny beat Wexford, Dublin will, will get through in third place. But it's what happens after that now is what I'm sort of looking out for, you know, and 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 this team needs to, it's on the road a couple of years now it needs to. Break through and 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 get through a quarterfinal, get through into a semi-final, and to look at it now, you're going. It, that's going to be a, a tough task to do, you know. And um, it, they have a bit of picking themselves up to do this week to go down to Galway and put in performance. Not saying to win because it's going to be very very tough to win, but they could do, and and, and that could put them into an extra final, and and things could open up after that. But um, they really have a bit of soul searching to do, and 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 that bit of work rate, that intensity. 
that we always would accustom ourselves to because they do have a good bit of hurling in them, but they do need to, to, to start matching it now with a bit of aggression and, and physicality. Yeah, and it'll be tough enough going to Salt Hill and under current form, did a huge win against uh, Leash again, 237. A lot of fellas popping up, TJ, Colin Mannion, seven from play, Tom Monaghan. Jeez, Tom Monaghan is going to be a contender for a hurler here. The Joseph Cooney as well. Why did I leave Joseph Cooney out of my fantasy hurling team after having him in for the whole league? God, Jesus. Uh, Conor yeah. Whelan won too, so. Like, they're, like, I mean, they are going well. They'll be hard to beat. They ha- just to roll it on, lads, because look, we expected that one. But huge result for Westmead hurling. Joe Fortune, delighted for him. Good, very good coach, uh, you know, Dublin minor, Dublin 21, Billy Bowden manager, beat me in the county final up there. Often wondered why he wasn't in the shake-up for the Dublin job or the Wexford job. He's a Wexford man. Um, what, like, that's some result. Derek McNicholas, you probably heard against Derek McNicholas, Johnny, did you? He's around so long. And uh, yeah. he comes up I, I with the, the levelling goal. Yeah, just on the West B thing, I, I I know a couple of the boys, obviously, I know Joe from, from Dublin, but then also in the background, he's got PK, Peter Kelly in with him, and he has... Uh, Paul O'Donoghue, who's no PK, uh, coach. P- yeah, PK, PK there, the sprint yeah. coach. <laughs> he should be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't be able to sprint like that anymore now. <laughs> um, but but uh, and Paul O'Donoghue, is, 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 who's the coach there, who's coached us in Luke in the last three years. He's actually from Cork, uh, Marco. Um, uh, and he is he's a teacher up, up here, and he's gone in with us this year. And I know the level of detail that Paul would have went into um, with the, the opposition and, and their homework would have done on Wexford, but they would have done obviously the uh, all year. Uh, and I, I wasn't surprised uh, with the result, as in they know what they, they can get out of the Westmead lads. They know what they what they have there, and their level of detail and their application would have been second to none. Um, and, and it showed the weekend of of, uh, of of the results. And I suppose for them going into it, they probably were looking at going, well, we'll get over today, but leash next week is, is the biggest game. And it still is because the draw at the weekend only gets them a point. If they lose next week, they're out, they're gone, relegated. Uh, all right, if they draw, that's enough on them. But they still have a massive task to go down to Leash and, and, and get a result on more, more Park. Leash haven't been going well, but at the end of the day, we all know one, one week can change it and, and one big performance can get them a result against Westmead. Everyone all week this week will be talking about Westmead, how good they were, and can they back it up now with two weeks in a row, uh, which is which is going to be the big ask. And uh, <coughs> I, you know, I'd say Westmead have never drawn with a, a big eight team in the in, in, in the country. So to, to, to do that on the weekend was, was absolutely fantastic and massive and, for them. And and Johnny, the, the funny thing is the one crowd that have always produced that one performance to knock you out is Leash. And they've mm-hmm. done it consistently. They did it against Antrim this year, like, you know, when Antrim yeah. were flying along and they've done it in the past as well. So you're right. You know, there'll be a lot of Patting on the back for the Westmead lads this week. But, you know, if they don't get a result next Sunday, and Lee should be waiting in the long grass for Montadella. And Cheddar even said it, like, he, they beat in 237 to 21 points. Cheddar said, yeah, he says, well, we've both eyes almost on next week, he said, and that was a good competitive edge of a game to get, like he said. Jesus, like, 237 yeah, yeah. to 21, like, and it was just what we need for next week. So, yeah, you, you, you'd start to be hoping for a Westmead win in, in terms of the way they've approached Leinster. Um, but at the same time, if Cheddar can pull it off again, fair juice team. Like he did it last year against Antrim, and Antrim had, Antrim yeah. had probably given more yeah, to the t- championship. 
to be fair to Derry Egan as well, Dilo, he'd be disappointed with like they shot a lot of wide, I think 21 wide or something, and the goals they conceded, just looking at them on TV last night, just to, to, yeah. to concede goals at senior level, very, very difficult to win games. So from that point of view, he'd be very disappointed. Um, like they, they Could they rise it up, TJ, to beat Kilkenny? Could they rise it up? Big question now, yeah. Like, Daly was kind of talking them up last night. Yeah. Like I, I, I look. You asked me this question about Cork last week, and I kind of had said no, I didn't see it in him. And right now, I don't see it in Wexford. I just, I just think they're going to struggle against Kilkenny. I think Kilkenny again will just be able to grind them down. The game will suit them. They, they just seem to be in a better place right now. So uh, the old mental kind of fatigue from maybe that draw as well for Wexford won't kind of do any favors from during the week. And before we move on from Leinster, I always said just one thing on Galway. The, the good news for their fans is the five subs they brought on. They'd look to have a nice settled team, but Jason Flynn was back and he came on. Ronan Glennon was back and he came on. Nyland came on. Marco, you'll be glad to hear. Johnny Cohen and TJ Brennan. So they're building a nice squad. So as I said, they have a nice settled team with the five subs and the panel strengthening nicely as well for them. So they'll be happy um, with, with, with their progress. Yeah, they sure will. And I think Henry will like him. It's looking very much like we're going to have a repeat of Salt Hill, TJ. I don't know if you have as good yes. a seat for the Leinster final, but it's looking like uh, the lads will be going toe-to-toe on the line again. Well, Johnny. it looks like we have two, two lovely repeats coming, Adela. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the second one in a while, yeah. But Henry and Cody Part 2, definitely something to look forward to. But look, who knows? Anything can happen. We have two interesting uh, rounds coming in the last weekend, both Leinster and Munster now. Now, Johnny, Johnny, first job, right, is we need yep. a couple of soft seats for the Leinster final. Oh, yeah. as, and we, we want a couple of front row seats. Place, you know, the the <laughs> soft the front row seats in the art caller there, as TJ <laughs> is very used to being in there. Yeah, yeah. We get well looked after, Johnny, everywhere we go. So we, yeah, need, yeah. we need a contact in Dublin, Johnny. So right. you might just be after answering the question for us. Johnny, it's no, it's no coincidence you're on this week, Johnny. And yeah, yeah. Getting <laughs> <our own> business <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. They'll probably need a taxi from Leperstown before the match as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they go racing six days a week, the two of them. But uh, that's your look at their great lives. Um, lads, look, that's Leinster. I suppose, look, huge, huge, yeah. Dublin might have to get something. They might not. If Kilkenny probably take care of the business and at the bottom of the table there, the, probably the biggest one of all is, is Westmead going down to Moore Park. Um, so, huge weekend to look forward to. You know, we can't wait. <clears throat> TJ, I saw you coming in with your shades there yesterday into the home of hurling. Um, you, you have a big stadium behind you there now. Um, but uh, it was nice to see a packed, not not being able to see a bit of concrete or anything, wasn't it? Just, it was a good, nice throwback to the, the old days of just thronged people on top of each other. A good, good-natured crowd, I would have thought, now, from our vantage point, we were looking over the, the terrace away from the... Yeah, the great mix... There. Yeah. Wasn't there a great mix of fans throughout the whole part of the stadium and great, great atmosphere. Um, yeah, re- like really enjoyed it. Beautiful occasion, lovely weather. And in fairness, even traffic afterwards, no bother because I parked out a good bit there close to the motorway. Two minutes, or it's a two kilometre walk into the car and away. So lots of positives yesterday. But um, I, I suppose, first of all, just a word in the Limerick footballers before we talk about the hurlers. Billy Lee, what a job he's done. And a question... A very quick question for all the Limerick fans listening there, right? I'll give you maybe five or six seconds to see if you know the answer. When was the last year the Limerick footballers and Limerick hurlers were in the Munster final in the same year? The answer? 1934. Any guess, Marco? 1934, Delo. Well done. 1934, Marco. 
I read so the papers. Indeed, yeah. I read the papers well, in the morning. You read the papers, yeah. So well, 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 well done to the footballers. They're, they're flying it. Um, Dale, a really enjoyable game. Both Great teams game. going at it. Like obviously before the game, I had got wind of and I and I sent you a message. I I, I had heard that Galan and and Darryl Donovan weren't starting. I'm not sure as to whether they were changes or not because everything changed just before the game for Limerick because they were guaranteed Munster final. So. I'm not sure it would have changed to thinking a whole lot, but I think Gillan had maybe some bit of an issue during the week where he didn't train and he was minded. The man was drinking coffee sure, before the match. You, 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 flag, you flagged that. You flagged that a long way out. So the, the, the couple of changes that they made, and Limerick started with, uh, people had said to me in the past, what would happen if Limerick started with a really big full forward line? So we had Conor Boyle and Kyle Hayes and Shamie Flanagan starting at 13, 14, 15. So that was a kind of a, a newish full forward, and David really started at centre forward with the two boys. So, uh, and Robbie Hanley started in the middle of the field. Uh, one change for Clare then as well to, to their side where they had um, Ka- uh, Jason, Jason McCarthy Cappy playing for Jack Brown. Yeah, yeah instead of Jack Brown. But great game, great first half. I, I, I suppose the TK experience in Ennis is uh, something that a lot of people have experienced at some stage. Um, to hit twelve points in thirty-five minutes of hurling and just be buzzing and all over the place and just kind of in and out between positions and, you know, like really kind of busy on the breaking ball, working off Peter Duggan inside and then showing for the ball. Just just an incredible player. Um, a couple of other things that stood out for me in the first half is maybe not so much in this game, but maybe all over the country at the moment, Dillo. Standard of cornerback play is through the roof. The two cornerbacks for clear were excellent. Uh, the fullback line again for Limerick, like Barry Nash is having an unbelievable season. They're really, really powerful. So the man marking, the physical battles, like Davy Mack and Gerard Hegarty was always interesting to watch. You kind of had one eye in it there for most of the game. Um, John Connell was strong, like David Fitzgerald in the middle of the field, uh, Carl Malone in the middle of the field. Uh, and in fairness into Limerick, Willow Donoghue was just, as I said, maybe he had his best Munster Championship to know, but I thought he was immense in the middle of the field. I thought the turnovers, the tackles, what he got in was incredible. We got the goal. Maybe a couple of fellas would probably, you'd say, we could do a, maybe a little bit more. Not sure about the Kyle in the forwards yet. Maybe we might see him a bit further up the field in time. Shami Flanagan, we probably would have seen that he maybe lacked a little bit of maybe game age or maybe a little bit more game time. So plenty of positives there as well for Limerick. And the guys who came on, like Ocean Royal came on and got his score. David Reedy got on plenty of ball. And I suppose the other massive positive for Limerick at the moment is the accuracy and sharp shooting of the one Dermot Burns. He's currently averaging six points a game from number five. I think he's got two sixes, a three, and a nine in four games played so far. So uh, phenomenal and just nailing everything. I, I think very, very close to 100%. Got a great score from play as well. And it's some fill-up for a team. In, even into the breeze there in the first half, they'll run for you. Like, I think maybe, but maybe on our own, maybe just outside the 45-yard line and nailing it into the breeze. Like, it's some striking and some performance. So plenty of positives um, from that point of view. Leaving the game... I, I, I didn't think that Cullen Lyons had a poor game. And, you know, I actually got a chance to watch the game last night after going home. And I thought in the main, I thought he got most of the decisions right. It's a very, very difficult game to referee. I'm sure, Dale, you could have picked maybe one or two incidents where you thought that maybe Clare could have had a free. And I could pick one or two incidents where I thought maybe Limerick could have had a free. So it was that type of a game. Um, what, what, what I started earlier on about the incident with the, the linesman and the referee as to what the card was for, and maybe making the crowd knowledgeable. I, I think everyone's focused on Gerard Hegarty's first yellow card, that he got a yellow card for taking the line ball quick. That's not a yellow card. And if he got a yellow card for that, it's a completely wrong decision. 
But I thought at the time that the ball was fed into Gerard Hegarty. David McInerney was out in front of him and McInerney knocked the ball out. And as he knocked the ball out, it was a little flick from Garrod just on the back of him. And Garrod and David Mack, just a little flick. And David Mack made a case to the linesman. And when the linesman called the referee, I think that Garrod Hegarty might have got the yellow card. I don't know. Maybe at some point somebody could clarify that. But it looked like as if that was a potential that he got a yellow card for that because he couldn't have got a yellow card for taking the line ball quick and hitting David Max Hurley. If you got a yellow card for that, we're in bother because the linesman was two foot away. So I, I just don't think that that was possible he got a yellow card for that. The second yellow card, you know, like it's very, very harsh. There's no doubt about that. Um, and, and, you know, I don't normally agree with Don Logue there on, on, on television, but, you know, I think he, he, he was nearly on, on point. Like, there's no need for Garrod to do it. He's maybe asking the referee to make a call. Like, he, if the whistle is blown, he leaves the hurley in there. The cornerback didn't do him any, himself any favours. He won't be overly proud of that today. And, and it was a very physical game. But, like, o- overall, as I said, a good game, a good contest. Thought the second half was maybe a little bit stop-starty, but the first half was incredible stuff. And, as I said, four teams in the Munster final. Uh, the only other point I'm going to make about the game, really, from clear point of view, is I suppose it's very hard to underestimate from listening to you, Dale, and listening to the whole public thing about Clare recently about what the job Lohan has done. He has galvanised the group, like, like you go back to maybe 12 months ago and you talk about, let's say, underage results or maybe different stuff on and off the field. Like he's got everybody back. He has the crowd back. Everybody's playing for him in a massive way. He's got the team playing in a way that suits them. Um, like Peter Duggan at full forward now is a massive help because he's a great out ball and he's a handful. And obviously any team that has Tony Kelly playing and to the people out there who don't have Tony Kelly as captain on your fantasy, you'd have, to, you'd, have, you'd, have, you'd have to ask questions. Why would you not have TK, who scores regularly from play and from freeze every single day? Which so you'll yeah, be rested that, next that, week, TJ. That, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> like I, had, I had Gillan on my team as well, and he was rested. So, um, have, you TK, you know, have you TK as captain? I have TK as captain, yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope he leaves him off. I hope he leaves him off. Yeah, I, I, I would admit, like, that's the beauty for Lohan. The, the same as, as, as such a Limerick's point of view yesterday before the game. There was a little bit of freedom in that, in that it wasn't a must-win game. You're already in the final. Now Brian can sit back. And, you know, in a strange kind of a way, not, not for me, but I, I, I don't think that Lohan is going to ease up here. Like, I think that he's a great momentum going. I think he'd like to keep that winning streak going. And, you know, there's something about Claire and Innes. Um, Definitely a couple of points, a better team in Innesdale in, in, in that atmosphere and the way the crowd get involved in the game and the singing and stuff. So, yeah, overall, as I said, a positive experience. The good news for Limerick is on 62 minutes after Garo got sent off, the game was in the melting pass. We didn't lose the game, uh, which was great. Uh, kept, kept, kept the unbeaten run going. And I suppose, look, on 60 minutes there, it was 21 points to 119. You know, and I said they just they just found a way home. I suppose from Clare, that period, Dillo, between 50 minutes and 60 minutes was probably a piece where you kind of maybe struggled to get a score or two. And you know, in a strange kind of a way, when TK looks back in the game, I think he missed like, that one. one on the right hand, the, right, <laughs> the easiest one of the day, right? And like, he was just like, even by his standards, a fraction off with two passes, which might have led to maybe something more. Like Ryan Taylor, in fairness, recovered one really, really well and put it over the yeah. bar. The one was square like, to Divi Fitz. But but TJ have to say as well, Kelly seemed to think that like he was he was shooting the lights out, obviously, and it was just a joy to watch him, like, you know, just incredible what he can do with the ball. 
it's just a pity. Well, we'll see it, I suppose, in a few weeks with Keane and himself on the same field, Keane Lynch. Uh, it should be something else. Like, they're just yeah. unbelievable to watch. But I think Kelly thought halfway through the second half, Kerr would probably need a goal to get over the line or to get something out of the game. And we'd, we'd gladly have taken a draw beforehand, I can tell you. But he seemed to be looking and probing for that opening. Like, and that was a tap over point, probably the one that he gave in to Ryan Taylor. But, but he wanted to. He saw, you know, he was getting the head up and he saw Taylor on the run. And as you said, the pass slightly overcooked. Taylor did brilliantly. Taylor was out of the game for a long time, but finished very well. Like, he's some athlete. He, f- he finished the game. He was the one Clareman that was looked to be fresh. He was like a fellow after coming off the bench, you know. And from a clear point of view, I just think, like, getting time into Shane Meehan, a new experience for him. You know, yeah. a young lad got a point, but he learned a lot about maybe he took it into the tackle. You can't do that against Limerick. David Reedy looked rusty, but you there's nowhere, nothing you can do, lads, only play those type of games to get back into the level. True. The, the, news, the news on Mark Rogers is good. I think he'll feature next weekend, which I think he might possibly be ahead of Robert Mounsey and Shane Meehan. Rogers is an accomplished player, like Fitzgibbon Cup winner. Um, Ian Galvin will obviously back. How how he can get the bloody card rescinded, Bates Banner, like, I don't, I don't know what we're on about cards. And Aidan McCarthy, I think, has six, seven training sessions done now. So from a clear point of view, I know Limerick had the luxury of leaving off top men. You know, Keane is not, Ian's injured, but leaving off Galan, I think was a no-brainer going tennis, the tension, the heat, the boiler. I think anything could have happened. I think John did the right thing there. And um, obviously, um, at midfield and Dara as well, like he's having probably outshining yeah. William O'Donoghue this year. So to be able to leave him off. And Don Log actually had a piece of analysis done on, on how important uh, Graham Mulcahy is to the whole workings of the forward line I think we had to put it in the bin because he, we got the news that he wasn't starting so that'll tell you what Limerick in terms of strength and, and depth and options with Kyle Hayes as well going forward so but I you, you, Dan you Morrissey had his best option. game TJ as well could I say that yeah, I yeah, Dan yeah, Morrissey you, really stepped up yeah he did definitely and, and, and you, you do need those and in fairness both defences were very very strong um, like I said the clear defence really really stood solid there at times and Rory the Hayes back of the time Outstanding. Do you see the steps there at one stage in the oh. first half? And actually, it, was, it ended up a score for David Fitzgerald, I think. But um, the battle between Conor Cleary and Kyle Hayes at times was very physical. Uh, the battle between Mike Casey and Peter Duggan at times was very physical. And you could say there was a bit of manhandling and maybe there could have been a free given here or there. But really, really tough stuff now. Yeah, so, yeah, no, pl- plenty for both sides to be positive about. John will definitely be happy. In, this, in the sense that uh, he, he's got the team to Munster final. That's all you can do at this stage of the, of the championship. You know, he's got players coming back all the time now over the coming weeks. He's got a three-week break to the Munster final. Uh, great opportunity to get him all right. He also had the opportunity of leaving the guys off completely for the under-20s, like Colin Coughlin, Adam English. And those guys didn't have to feature and weren't in the matchday squad because they've been on final to look forward to. So from a Limerick point of view, I would say plenty positives. There is a bit of focus and a bit of noise with the Garrod Hegarty situation. And, you know, in a strange kind of way, maybe the sending off might be a blessing in disguise for down the road. He's out of the way now. The general feeling is that he was hard done by. I didn't think he deserved to be sent off in the, in the, in the bigger picture. I'd love to know what the first yellow was for. If, if, if the linesman gave him a yellow card for trying to take a quick line, well, would seriously want to have a chat with himself. He would. He would. Um, Marco, <laughs> you, you yeah, were tuned in, obviously. Yeah. 
Yeah. I you, was. You nearly I was, yeah. the coach at this stage. You're long day, long day in the coach yesterday, kid. I had a long day in the coach, and I, and I had two males to cover uh, as well. So we got we got all, we got we got them all done, Dale. I can tell you in one day, like you know. So, Isn't easy doing all that in one day, boy. I tell you. <laughs> no, 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 no. So when I hear you saying to me that you did a thirteen-hour shift on Saturday, I said I do that about every four days. But anyway, well, um, fellas roaring I, in the church, you wrong, and that's wrong. Yeah, yeah. Tony Kelly anyway is is without question the number one holder in the country at this moment in time. Keane Lynch is a close second, to be fair, like, but I don't think Keane will be striking free from a hundred yards and putting them over the bar. Uh, TK was just unbelievable yesterday, and then I, I thought you have you have four fantastic. We said we said I was a lesson on for this, but holders in Ronan Hayes, Paul Flanagan, Ryan Taylor, and Shane Meehan, really classy, classy players now. But like they have two cornerbacks like Ronan Hayes and Paul Flanagan. Jesus, they're they're dingers like they're quality hurlers playing cornerback and they're teak tough as well. They're attacking the ball as if they're going to win it, which is I think is brilliant for a cornerback. But they, they're striking and they're hurling. And then they like, you have five what I would say is real men, right? Uh, you meant Diamond Ryan, Hanlon, uh, David Fischel, Duggan, and Connor Cleary. They're real men now that you can build around physical, aggressive, honest, fair hullers that you can put in anywhere and fellas can play beside them. They complement all your, your team, I think. And, um, you know, it was a full 70 minutes is what I took from the game yesterday. There was no team that really sprang away and looked like they were going to win. You know, it was in the melting pot for the whole game. And the question is, can Clare stay in it? Can they keep it up? Can they, you know, this is the All-Ireland Champions. And, and even with the couple of lads that are missing and stuff, like Clare have a good few lads missing as well. So um, I thought both teams will take a lot from the game. I think Clare will take a little bit more, I would suspect, because when you're the coming team, you're seeing, can you get up to that standard? Can you match the All-Ireland Champions? And they proved yesterday that they could match it. Um, in terms of the Kelly miss, I think you're right. He was going for the goal and probably the one that he missed, the, the easy tap over point. I'd say he probably had it in his mind. Will I keep going? Aaron Oil just mm. tap it over at the last second. You know, you just get a little bit complacent and you hit it wide. Um, but the fact that he went for the other ball into Ryan Taylor did show that intent. To, let's, let's, let's push on. And that shows a smart, intelligent player who knows exactly what's going on at the right time, pull the trigger at the right time. Um, I, I think I'm fascinated to listen to Lohan in the interviews afterwards, and that's why I love I love watching the television. To you know, Jesus, he's just like as a player, and you you commented as, as well, and rightly so. And, and the credit you gave Brian is the best player that you ever played with, and probably best of his generation at the time. And he's just he's just so it's it's just it's um. It's so simple, I suppose. He doesn't confuse it. He just, you know, he's a bit like Cody, I suppose, in some respects. There's no palaver with him. And it's just, well, get on with the game and play it away. And, you know, I just, I think that he's getting the max out of your players, Dela, to be fair. Yeah. And I think great credit to him as well, like, you know. And Dela, that was a tackle there from Ryan Taylor on Diamond Burns' early doors, kind of just kind of maybe sow the seeds for that intent, even though he's a good bit smaller than him. Like, he just... Mm tore into him full on frontal like didn't he? I know it was a free out to Limerick like but it just showed that Lohan like nearly Brian and Frank Lohan just rip you apart aggression. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and and look, I just total buy-in. Like I met a few of them coming out, just quick patting the back, like John Conlon and a couple of them, you know, Peter Duggan, and just is that unity of you know, it's a lovely place to be if you can get in that on that role in a given year. Johnny, we probably experienced it in thirteen. You know, where you everyone is in sync kind of thing, and there seems to be that there at the moment. Um, and I'm not going to comment. I didn't think Hagar deserved to be sent off the field. I. I do agree with Don Logs, but there's no need to be leaving in the hurley. Like it's, and maybe TJ, you've touched on something there for the first yellow. So I, I thought it was for hitting the line ball quickly. I thought that was ridiculous if that was a yellow card because Davy Mack wouldn't let him take it quickly. Was there a flick on Davy? I just don't see the benefit of that. But it's, it's in his play, Sarta. He's a tremendous player, like four tremendous points from play. And I would say Davy McInerney was having a great game, really rolling back the clock. Davy Mack is one of our main men now and yeah I look at I still think Hago didn't deserve to go off the field I didn't think anyone deserved to go off the field I thought it was it, while it was ferociously tough and I said it just as of no point in, I wouldn't like to have been out there <laughs> I could bring myself back to 27 or 8 years of age I would not have liked to have been out there yesterday Jesus Christ somebody hitting good hitting like honesty and dog like I mean just down in front of where we, we had the podium at one stage Ryan Taylor was trying to get on the ball, Shane Meehan. Jeez, the built it. Dan Morrissey came up with it for a finish, but the, it was a schmazzle like at one of these scrums or whatever you like. But Jesus, fellas were going in. They weren't just going in and trying to roll the ball back out. They were going in and belt and first with their asses, like and shifting lads. Yeah. Just the there was a I mean, cruncher was, between yeah. Peter Duggan and Mike Casey as well in that corner as well, wasn't it? Oh, one, the, Peter Duggan, the one he, over over, he got caught up. Oh, yeah, that was, <laughs> was the one. That was the one, like, yeah. Oh, geez, the, like you'd just be saying, oh, God, like what state will they be in the morning? But just tell you, and the credit to the athletes we have now, lads, at this level, you know, they up and go to work today and belting. And I suppose that has been there for a good while. Johnny, I'm just going to throw a curveball at you there now because we all saying all that. We know who number one in the country is, right? In terms of power rankings, right? We know who number one is. That's unquestionable. Who would you have? Two, three, four, let's say five. I won't go further than five. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Limerick obviously won, yeah. Like you would have obviously said Waterford coming into the championship, and even just going back to your point about Lohan before the championship, uh, it was Limerick, uh, uh, Waterford, Cork were the top three in Munster. Was what was going to go in Munster? Clare, not on the show, not on the show, Johnny. Okay, right, okay, right, right. <laughs> yeah, and, and like Clare were, you know, they were they were going around nicely, but like the job he's done with them and and the the, the performance that they're getting every week, like tip Cork, Limerick. Three games they've played has been fantastic. Not just one good game and two mediocre games. They've been brilliant in all three games. And like on, on at the weekend, you'd have to put them number two now. Like at the end of the day, like they're Limerick are the benchmarker. And if you're drawn with Limerick, you're the second best team in, in the country. Um, uh, third, you have to say Kikenny, because I've said all along, if Kikenny play Limerick in an Lawrence semi-final, I would not write Kikenny off beating Limerick. Um, I think they're the one team that could match them uh, in Everton, even though Kilkenny or Limerick are a better team than Kilkenny, I just think that Kilkenny can get under the skin of, of Limerick. They can do enough on them to to, to, to rattle them, to to, to 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 get scores, to get goals, and to stop them at the other end. Um, but yes, if Kilkenny went to play Clare, you probably fancy Clare to be Kilkenny. It's it's a strange one in my own head on that, but I just think uh, if Kilkenny got out Leinster and, and I met Limerick in the semi final, in the final I think Limerick would be the final, but I think in the semi final. I think Kilkenny uh, could catch them. Um, so I'd have to put them third. Um, and 
fourth then like you're looking between obviously Galway and probably Waterford um, probably I would say Waterford I think there's probably still enough in them um, to, to hopefully recover because I like the Waterford team I like the way they, they play I think they have a great mix of of athleticism, of strength, but also of hurling and the directness. You know that 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 the lads running from half back line midfield are just direct. They're running straight at you, and they're well able to take scores from all over the pitch. And obviously, when you have and Bennett, and um, then boys can, can can make the make the ball talk. So um, you would probably say Waterford four, and then probably Galway in at, at five. I still think there's answers to be on on Galway. Like they went down to Wexford and drew them the first day when they probably should have. They were five or six points up. They should have finished them off. Uh, right, Becca Kelly in, in Pierce Park in Pierce Stadium, which is a great win. But I still think there's a few a few answers to be to, to, to be got yet from 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 Galway. So we don't really know where they're at yet. I think. Um, so just to, to do a little bit of them, but probably they'd be in they'd be in fifteen behind Waterford. I presume I presume Cork could be sixteen, uh, Tony. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd probably have to say that. Yeah, Marco, he's got yeah, silent lenses. Delo presses press the mute button every now and again. Yeah. I suppose, Delo, in fairness to Claire, I suppose, one of the pieces of form looking back now is like, if you go back to last year when Cork reached the All-Ireland final, he's, Tony Kelly had a shot, which could have beaten Cork in the Gaelic rounds that particular day. And since then, if you were given Lohan kind of on the upward trajectory with Peter Duggan back, with Shane O'Donnell back, and maybe one or two of the young fellas, as you just said, they're coming into the frame. It's probably not, you'd say, the most surprising thing. Now that we look back with a bit of hindsight, yeah? <coughs> it's, a fairly, it's a fairly settled team as well, Teach. Marco, are you back with us? I don't know. Can you hear me? We can now, yeah. Is that okay? Yes. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Yes. Um, Marco, Delo, Delo got a mute button fitted there for you every now and again. He was just trial, <laughs> trialing it today. <laughs> now that you're back. So he's just able to press it every now and again. There, there was a poll on Twitter, Marco, you see, that... Would Dale get a mute button for Landers? Yeah. 96% said yes. <laughs> was, it, was that on Twitter, was it? Because I, 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 my, my scouts didn't spot that though last night. I'm a bit surprised at them. <laughs> but you're, you're a bit miffed with Cork not being that top five there, I'd say, yeah? No, I'm, I'm not, to be honest about it. I am. Oh, you're going to play the old soldier now, of course. Hold on. No, I, I yeah. wish you were, you, were, you were trying to play it all year, trying to, to, to tell us that you were, you were talking down clear all year, but you knew privately behind the scenes that they were flying. So for me, Dalo, timing is everything. And the one dark horse in the championship now that I, I'm looking at the timings as being. Waterford were hurling out of their skins a month ago. Um, have they gone back because they were too fresh early, that they were too far forward? One of the teams that we say wouldn't have had a brilliant league, had one or two really, really good performances, is Galway. And for a team that I would have said a month or six weeks ago that I thought they looked a bit sluggish, that maybe they're starting to time their run properly. And, and going back to the experience of Cody and Shefflin as player and manager, Cody, in his palm, timed his run to perfection because while we were flaking the land off each other in, in Munster, the boys were slipping into the Leinster final and getting into the All-Ireland semi-final without a whole pile of pressure. I think that Galway could be the dark horses of the championship. I'm going to slip them in there now in second. I'm going to put Kilkenny into third. I'm going to put Clare in fourth. And then 
we might slip into fifth place there maybe maybe if we can get over tip next Sunday yeah, fair, fair. So yeah, I'm, I'm saying think... watch watch this space for Galway yeah yeah no look I think the two teams in Leinster no disrespect to the Dubs and Wexford at the moment they are strong and they sword and salt hill the match could have gone either way so you know I think a Leinster final will tell us an awful lot though Crow Park it looks like yeah. if, if if the two of them win at the weekend that'll be the Leinster final Um I think really no more than after you know provincial final Croker nowhere to hide Galway maybe for me might have the more even spread of in the panel with Jason Flynn and a couple of more coming back. Yeah, they just might. Yeah, I think I think you're. Yeah, I'd have clear out fourth or fifth as well, Mark. I, I, I think you know Limerick have won every game the last twelve, which is nice to to haul that some small bit. But you're look, we wouldn't be. We're delighted. We're, well, we're delighted. We're we're in the tree. That was the key to the Munster final. That's so that's could, that's the first thing achieved. Anthony is being in the tree. A bonus, possibly being in the Munster final. Everybody was talking about the trilogy between Waterford and Limerick. That looks like now it won't materialise. So I'd say to like everybody now, we'd want to be watching what we're saying going forward as well because there's a couple of um, there's a couple of things in the grass there at any stage that could bone, bite up and bite you in the arse, like you know. That's a fact. Great stuff, lads. Um, a few bits. Joe McDonough, just to touch, we won't go down lower. We were out of time, really. Um, massive game in Tralegis. We'd radio carry on here in the bar Saturday. Jesus, Mike Holler nearly came down through the, the, the speaker and the radio, 228-423, puts awfully in a very strong position now. Kerry have to go to Antrim. Antrim are qualified. Mead have completely um, hit the deck and they're going down Antrim 729. They look to be the standout team in it, obviously. But they have to play Kerry now in Belfast. Will they go with a weekend team? I suppose it's Darren Gleeson's choice now whether he wants to go full pelt. Uh, who, he can nearly pick who he plays, but it's in Offaly's hands as well. It's a bit like Cork. If Offaly beat Carlo, that won't be easy now. That's Carlo, good win again yesterday, beat down 225-119. So, fabulous weekend uh, next weekend for that. Um, lads, we're nearly broke from horses there after the week. Any, I, I better get myself to track shortly and have a word with these trainers and just say, what's the story here, like, Mr. Bulger? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll... You, you, Probably 7th and 9th, was it? We get you going the next day, yeah. Johnny, I hope you're not a member of the racing club. I'm not, no. <laughs> you you will be when you're finished with Dale. Yeah. <laughs> we need we need um, a couple of representatives up and down the, the Leinster side there, Johnny, <laughs> just to shoot out to Leperstown in the Cora. Oh, and Jim Kilkenny and Dean Rock and fellas like that, like, you know? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have we any hurlers, Johnny? Had we any hurlers in our team that were interested in the ponies? And really, have we? No, but Deco Dora maybe I think would have been a, oh, Deco. a bit of an interest. Deco. Yeah, I think he was, yeah. Sleeping um, bag. <laughs> bag, yeah, yeah. Good footballer as well. Uh, no, I don't think it, there's no one else really, no. 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 Yeah, no. Very sensible. Actually, I didn't even get through to you in that front. No, he didn't. Something went wrong there. The big news is, Dale, I suppose, is that we're up and running. Uh, we passed yeah, the 500 yeah. um, members mark. And look, there has been a good few people have emailed in uh, looking to keep... So look... Just keep emailing in, I suppose, uh, expressing your interest because we have um, we have well over 65% of the membership gathered now at this stage in the space of a week. So we just need to, a bit like the GA clubs now, Dale, we need to push, push on to the end of the month to try and get in all the membership to avoid disappointment, I suppose, for some people in case 
the, the membership goes to, to any new entrant that's looking at it. But the first call is for the people who have, who have sent in an expression of interest and we've emailed them back to say that they're in. We just need to get their, their funds over the line. Um, yeah, the two the two runs, Mr. Balter and Kevin Manning, it was the ground had gone against um, Purple Gown on Friday night. Um, he said she was in a great position going into the home turn. And when he went to let, let her down, he said that the ground was gone too firm and she just wouldn't kick on. She was feeling it. So, look, it was great to have a couple of runners. Great to be there um, on, on Friday night as well. I think the big thing now coming down the track is that Patrick Mullins and Willie Mullins have offered an asset what he called to the yard. And I suppose we might try and set that up over the next two or three weeks and maybe even in um, add a little bit of entertainment in the night and stuff for that for people that are travelling up. So we'll uh, watch this space, I suppose. It would be, like, it'd be a bit like a tr- you do that now for your pl- clubs that are coming to Morty's, aren't you? You get on a bus, you bring them to Morty's at 2 o'clock and you get them out at 10 o'clock. And that's what, so we're thinking maybe, maybe we nine. might do something they like lend that. lend to two, maybe yeah. nine. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe down to uh, Willie Mullins's and into the Lord Bagnell for a couple of points and a bite of grub and maybe even do a little small bit of a uh, questions and answers with the, the two of you knowledgeable hurling fellas and we might throw Patrick's or Willie or Ruby into the mix and a bit of crack wouldn't it? Yeah, it sure would. It Absolutely. sounds like a plan, Marco. And I think just as well the two of them ran down the field because we wouldn't have been able to co-op if we two winners, the first two runners. It just kind of <clears throat> it dampens down expectation. Like, you know, who exactly. came out doing exactly. that after getting the goal? Who did that? He just came it down. Was it Ron Kelly, was it? Satenta. Satenta Halpine. Did he do that as well? Satenta. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't panic. Yeah, I'm after yeah. roof and one in the minute, like, but don't panic. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. yeah. oh, we'll bigger, bigger we'll definitely lose more. We'll definitely lose more than we win anyway, Dale, but we will be hanging in there. And in fairness, we had two supporters, Dennis and Helen uh, McCarthy, who appeared on Wednesday and were in Leopardstown on Friday night. So fair play now. That's that's commitment to the to the team. Yeah, fair play. And, and we're in it for the long haul, and that's the way end it. Credit to Marco as well for representing us extremely well. Looking rich, Ricky like on TV on Friday night there on TG4 with his sunglasses and stuff. Look yeah, really impressive. Shades, like... Yeah, fancy suit and yeah, look the part, Marco. But yeah, That's... I agree with Marco. Stick with the plan here. There's plenty fun and plenty trips to be had. We have the four horses. Uh, we will have a couple of tours. Lots of little things happening in the background. But by the time the month is out and we get the 500 people started, uh, yeah, watch this space. Plenty to come. Good fun to come. Okay. And uh, fantasy-wise, lads, I think um, I did well anyway, I think, this week. Um, but I went for Conor Cooney. I expected him to get about 3-3 from play. Never mind the freeze, but Conor, well done. You're, the podium is still, TJ, you're streaking away, actually. You're streaking away. Yeah. Tony Kelly is I, captain. I, Tony Kelly is captain. I'd be, I'd be very happy with uh, the way the week... Went for me. Sheedy scored the same amount of points, 263, 263. Marco, you had a good week, 281. So from the point of view of uh, this week, very good. A little bit concerned that Galan didn't play yesterday and I, and I had him in, which obviously, if he had played, it would have made a mighty difference for me. And now I am looking towards next week. My couple of Larry players don't play. And I suppose there's always the real possibility that Brian could say, Tony, Sit in the stand, have a cup of coffee. I need you for three weeks' time. Isn't that possible? 
Yeah, down the bottom as well. Um, it's looking very much with one four one points that Mr. Sean McGrath from on his three point four million <laughs> mansion um, on the Blackrock Road getting dragged in. Yeah, he's getting down and and Cads is beginning. Cads hit one six five, not hectic either. Cads, but like uh, Hoagie looks to have gone away from that 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 trap zone. Yeah. Like he's like he's like Everton I, and Leeds fans at the moment. I'm telling out Dela. I'm I'm closing in on you, kid. I'm the, the only fellow there on the left-hand side. I've moved from the right-hand side to the left-hand side. A big move. But the big question for me, Dela, you have no David Fitzgerald or Dermot Ryan in your team. That's a big... Jesus, I, I, David Fitzgerald was a stick-out, wasn't he? A defender playing in the forwards. It's a surprise with you there now. But anyway... I'd be, ho- I'd I, be holding I stuck with him back. Mac, I don't know what it is. You just... You just have to get past me. Like, I, I let you lift Liam McCarthy one year, Mac. You know, so <laughs> you should be grateful for all those little things, Mac. You know, ah, fair yeah. play, fair play. Yeah. Are you getting hey, You're getting cocky now. You're getting cocky now, Dela. Remember now, no, the big story the weekend is the Rebels are like, back. Welcome back to the music on you again, kid. <laughs> Our listeners league there, uh, Ref, have you got it or Larry, whoever's putting them up there? I think the. The man from hospital, Herberstone, is still ahead. Hard to see that now. Champ. But we're no longer the whipping boys, a monster. And TJ up Champ to fourth. Well, yeah. John O'Connor. Up to fourth. Was there, many battles between the, was there many battles between hospital, Herberstone, and the bouncers over the years, TJ? Huge amount of battles. Probably maybe more so back in the day. And I say what a lot of people, local people would know was I was actually born, would you believe, in the parish of hospital, Herberstone. We always mm. played with guys playing, and my father played with guys playing. So, be small, like to, like the start of the program, small little bit of a needle there. But yeah, we'd like to close this gap. I'm only six points off it, but John Paul going very well, keeping the old uh, the old show. We get two twenty six. Okay, yeah. So yeah, a bit to go. I'd be a little bit concerned about next week. So yeah, a long way. We're only halfway, really, guys. Halfway. But yeah, two two uh, massive Fulbright. scores there, Dela. Liam Bergen, Champagne Hurling from Galtier Rovers, two ninety eight points. And there's another fellow there from Scarif, Dodds Dynamo. He must be one of your gang. Damien O'Grady. Oh, Damien O'Grady. Damien O'Grady. 298 points himself. Himself and the lads from the Galtier Rovers there. Yeah, they all had TK as captain. Sure, that's the mistake we made. But uh, I think he'll be left out this Sunday. So that could could (laughs) turn things at the top of the table. I don't know. Liam Sheedy obviously has the very same team as you, TJ, if he landed on 263 as well. He has he has Dermot Burns as captain, so uh, mm, he scored nine really points. Yeah, yeah, really, really yeah, good yeah, jazz. Yeah, yeah. 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 Of course, they won't play really next go. week either. So, uh, chance for all to make so up the ground. Yeah, chance for yeah, all to yeah, catch yeah. the ground. Yeah, all to play for heading into championship um, time. Fogras, TJ. Yeah, I, I I have won. Like in fairness to yourself and Marco, uh, from a long way out, we we put out the club Baylanders GA club. And Gary Splane, GA, and the Irish Heart Foundation for my uncle there who passed away two years ago from a heart attack. We decided to have a night to remember him. Dave Walsh, a great GA man, probably more so until he footballed in Hurland. He would have been delighted that Limerick footballers in the Munster final and actually would be a good buddy of Billy Lee's. And, and, and Billy would text me there after the game and said, Dave would be delighted. But we decided to have this night on 28th of May, a week out from the Munster final. And sure, Delo, as luck would have it, it's going to be Limerick and Clare. So Marco will have to uh, be the referee on the night between myself and yourself. And we're bringing along the great Tomas O'Shea from a little bit of a football insight as well. And maybe Tomas might be able to give us his hurling insights on the night. So plenty of prizes there. So thanks to the boys. And Saturday, 28th of May in Baylanders, bit of a podcast style for ourselves. Good bit of crack, 8 o'clock. We also, that night, they'll all have, as I imagine you'd know at this stage, 
Liverpool and Real Madrid in the Champions League final starting at 8pm. That's actually also on the clubhouse. So anybody who wants to come early, Champions League football early, and then a bit of Champions League hurling with myself, Marco and Delo. Good stuff, Teach. I have just... I've just a quick one there, lads. Um, <clears throat> old pal of mine, John Rooney, Anthony John Rooney, up, up there in Ballyshannon, near Rua. He's a mighty man. Um, he's up on the bicycle again. He's doing 700 uh, kilometres up the West Coast. He's starting in Clare, all the way up to Ballyshannon for the Blue Stock. The Blue Stack uh, Special Needs Foundation. Uh, it'd be great if someone, if you could throw him a fiver or a tenner, lads. Uh, I donate John Rooney. Um, he's a top John guy. Rooney. He's a Galway man originally. And... Um, He's 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 diehard hurling man up there. I actually had a great Christmas night up there presenting them with their Donegal uh, hurling medals. Uh, what a night we had up there! Uh, I was a bit shook on the way home, I have to say. Uh, Johnny Mac, pleasure having you on board, kid. Uh, Thanks, boys. Hopefully, Thanks this me. is hopefully hey, this is the year for the Luke and Sars, hey, Johnny. He's got your job. Yeah, want to try it anyway. No, that's for sure. You're you're uh, you're. Um, you're always there, thereabouts. If you just get over the line one year, it'll be, it'll be great. I think everyone in Dublin connected with Dublin Hurling Barry, having a specific club bias, would be delighted for you. So, uh, great to have Johnny. you, Johnny. Uh, great, great to see you. I was going to say, reunion for next year, Johnny, for the 10 years, will you? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, need, we need that long. We need it long, long overdue. Big time. Johnny, we connect with Nucleors, well. Kevin O'Callaghan, yeah. Um, oh, he yeah. works with SGS, yeah. They, they're our auditors here for their ISO. So ah, he'd be always he'd be always singing your praises in Cube and Dorland Hurling and following so, man, your yeah, in, yeah. Like, for the last, had, last number of years. Always handy panels as well. He's like, good That's correct, hurler. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah good yeah, little yeah. hurler. So yeah, Kevin, great, great sportsman and great hurling he fan, is. yeah. He's, he's down at the moment with Leeds, he's not too happy. He needs to they're hoping to stay. <laughs> they, up. they need a victory, okay. They need, need a win, they do. Okay, okay. Good crowd here after the match last night, and everyone was buzzing. I have to say, a oh, great crowd in from the peninsula, all the lads from O'Curries, Carrigaholds, and, and back along, Navon lads. And they'd be on passing, and they called in fair play. But I have to say, John Collins was a very worried lead supporter last night, but he was delighted with the 93rd minute uh, goal there that they got a point. Um, shout out to the Ballymartle lads and uh, Ratnishka lads who called in Friday and Saturday lads, two stags. Um, great old crack, and uh, I hope Doolan. And I hope Ennis is still standing after they moved to Doolan <laughs> and to Ennis after leaving Morty Browns. So, shout out, good lads, well able, no messing with them, no shots, points, points. <laughs> it's just, anyway, so good crack. Uh, great stuff, lads. Um, the big take out of the weekend is the Rebels are back. Guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> Yes, who's back? Yes, who's back? See you later. See you later. A grain of rice. A grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. We're missing what's the show. We're missing what's the show. Then we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster.